This is the MFG cast. This is D. Wyatt. Oh, I figured I wouldn't go until last because I yeah. wasn't on the podcast that much. I'm Kim. <laughs> and this is Kurt. And we have a very special guest with us today who is none other than Philip Dewberry. There we go. Forgive Kim Stoll out there. It's uh, She's actually been blacklisted by the podcaster union for missing out on so many episodes of our show. Yeah. So uh, she's getting reinstated as we speak. <laughs> so not too long ago, Philip was reaching out. He was noting that Embark came out and... Uh, you know, I was actually shocked because you were noting that, you know, not too many people, it wasn't getting that much hype from TMG. And I first heard about it through Brawling Brothers, actually. And uh, I saw one line that instantly sold me. They noted that if you like the meanness of Emotep, this is the game for you. And I was like, okay, bye now, please. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you were making Embark, did you like, were you drawing on any certain inspirations or did you just feel there was like a niche that needed to be filled? Well, I, I think the, the thing I was trying to do is um, I had been playing around with the idea of kind of re-implementing the, uh, the blind bidding from my game Revolution, which came out in like 2009. And, um, you know, I, 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 that's always been one of my favorite games, if not my favorite game. And, um, but there aren't a lot of games that do that. You know, they have the, the, the little shield and you're doing, everybody's doing their stuff behind their shield and then you raise them up. I mean, that moment of reveal is just, you know, really, really nice. And I thought there's probably a lot more applications or something like that. And so, uh, that was kind of the starting point. And I did, you know, I, I fussed around with that for a good while. And then, um, and then just one night it kind of all just sort of fell into place while I was trying to go to sleep. <laughs> Instead, I got up and started scribbling stuff down on paper, and pretty much this whole game came out. And within the next couple of days, it was it was pretty well there. I mean, we did a lot of work in development to uh, add on a lot of good bells and whistles, but um, but the core part of the game is is still there. So yeah, I was gonna say, isn't always the best ideas that come at the detriment of like loss of sleep and <laughs> and just wrecking you for days. It can certainly happen that way. Yeah, that, that was actually one of the things that was kind of funny, because when I introduced this to a couple of people, they were like, oh, man, that kind of reminds me of that game Revolution. And I was like, wait a minute. So I just quick hit Board Game Geek. I'm like, all right, I think we know why. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, now the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, before I get too far ahead of myself, um, what would you say is the, how would you quick summarize Embark for anyone that's never seen or gotten to play this game yet? So Embark kind of fits in with the uh, the TMG line of uh, Harbor and Harvest, but it's really kind of, they're all kind of standalone games and all, you know, not necessarily related gameplay-wise, although they do sort of fit that same sort of playtime and weight and that sort of thing. But in this one, in Embark, you are, um, you've got a crew of people that you're trying to you're trying to put onto a ship or lots of different ships and you're going to send them out and they're going to go to these islands 
and they're going to do a number of things on the islands to get points. So they're going to be maybe an explorer, or they're going to be a miner, or they're going to be a farmer, and um, and then uh, each round you score points for those things, and um, and that's kind of what the game's about. And the way you get into it is that uh, at the beginning of your turn you take five of your little crew members, your cubes, and um, you place them behind your screen and you've got uh, several ships out depending on how many players there are and each ship has a letter associated with it and so all these ships are out there and some are big ships, some are small ships and um, so you're placing your cubes on your board that corresponds with those uh, ships and you don't know who else is trying to get on the same ship you're trying to get on and so there's a little bit of a cat and mouse kind of thing going on there. And the other catch is, if the ship doesn't get filled up, it doesn't go to the island. It just sort of hangs out. And so you don't want too many people trying to get on your ship, and you don't want too few on there. So it's kind of like trying to figure out, you know, which one you're going to go for. And additionally, the some of the ships do have that like sort of a different mix of the people that are going to be on the island. So like some of them are going to have a lot of miners, others are going to have a lot of farmers, and depending on what you want and which island it is, you know, that's going to tell you what to go for. And so anyway, so you put your, your five cubes on there. Sometimes in the, the next rounds you get extra cubes if somebody knocked yours off or something. You just get them back for the next round. And so, see, it's not that neat. And then, uh, so then you take your, your shields off and um, you, uh, you put all your cubes under the ships that they're supposed to go. And then you take uh, turns one at a time putting on a cube on a ship. And then when the ship's filled up, all the cubes that didn't fit on it go back to the uh, sort of like the tavern, the waiting room area on your board, and you can use those next time. And uh, every ship that's filled up uh, sets off to the island, and all the people go on there. The ships that aren't filled, they just kind of sit there waiting, and maybe you get them filled up the next time. And um, six rounds of that, and the game's over, and you... Uh, you get a little bit of a bonus at the end for mining a lot of stuff or for um, each island can be worth a different amount of points depending on how much of it was explored. So that's about now, it. I got a question about like when you were playtesting this, right? For the ships that don't sail because they lack the number of sailor, you know, the like crewmen required, how much profanity did you get during playtesting? Because <laughs> in our groups, that is the number one thing that causes everyone to flip out. Oh yeah, yeah. Mostly by me, right? Not, maybe not quite so much profanity, but you know the Christian version of it. <laughs> That's it is it is very um, yeah, it's very frustrating sometimes because you know you're always wanting to play it really close. You don't want to just waste your cubes. So you know if there's five spots on the ship, you know you put four on there, and somebody's going to put one on there, right? Except for they don't, and then you're just sitting there. So sometimes I. Some games I get, I kind of get like you know over cautious, and I'll just I'll just put five on there anyway, and I don't care if anybody else goes for it or not. And then somebody will put like their five on there too. So, but that's the game. So, because yeah, um, in one of our most recent plays, you know, and we only got to play it at five player like two times, which I got to admit, this thing at five player, it it really does grow exponentially in the fun the more players. Because it, <laughs> like Kurt, I can't wait for you to play this. It's gonna be so good. It's basically. Because you're like, oh, there's ten boats. I'm, you know, no one's gonna take the same things I am, and everyone takes the same things you do. <laughs> <laughs> and the stress and the tension is through the roof. At one point in round four, one of our buddies had fourteen cubes in his tavern to start that round because he got blocked out of so many boats. And he's just like, why? Why is this happening? <laughs> 
It's great, though. <laughs> but it is also kind of cool to have that mini to put on. You know, that's kind of a special moment, too. Yeah, so. and, we're like, and that's the thing. We're like, why don't you just put one on everything and then two on your favorite boats? And he's like, that's not a bad idea. Um, I haven't played this game yet, but I've seen some kind of uh, uh, plays of it and talk and people talking about it and stuff like that. And hopefully we'll be able to play it when we go over to Cam- Dan and Kim's here pretty soon. But the thing that always that one of the things that made me laugh is like, okay, so I've got five seats on this boat, and if I don't fill up all five seats, this nope, boat is not no. going anywhere. So <laughs> it just makes me laugh. It's like you know, it makes me think of those old you know dock workers or something like that, and they're just like, you know what, I need to get I need to get all the money, or I'm not doing any of it. <laughs> yeah. you could, this boat can just sit here and wait. But there, there's one thing that I love about this card. It's uh, in a near Lords of Waterdeep esque fashion, everyone has like a special power card. So that boat that doesn't have all the dudes, maybe it will sail. Or maybe somebody will jump ship over there and that'll fill the fifth seat and it'll sail. And there's all these like little like tricks and everything. And that's one of the things I really like in this game too. No, that, that's, that's definitely one of the products of the, uh, the development part. Um, Seth Jaffe was like really pushing for, you know, we need got to have, you know, player powers, you know, we got to have different stuff like that. And uh, so, you know, we didn't take us too long to figure out, you know, some cool ones to put on there, but that was... That was a good addition. I don't usually when I when I introduce this to people, I usually just leave that part out and just let them learn the game. But um, it's definitely more fun with those. Yeah, first game you skip them just to make it like you know a quick learning. But this is and the other thing I love about this game too, it is a quick pickup game. Like you can after the first round, anything that people weren't sure about, they're like, oh, all right, I get it now. It's actually one of the few games you can like learn to play just by a watch. You don't even have to really ask questions if you like pay close attention. One of the one of the things I also like too. Is, again, I, I haven't played it, but again, some of the things that I see when I, you know, when I hear people talk about it, like I like the whole tavern thing too, where it's like, okay, well, you missed your chance this time, but next time you may have a shot to really catch up. So I, mm-hmm. I like, I like that that you know they're just kind of waiting at the tavern, taking their turn, you know. And for so, aesthetics, yeah. uh, each tavern has a different name, so it's like it's not <laughs> yeah, all the same. Yeah, that was a good TMG yeah. touch as well. Yeah, like the the Merry Mermaid and the uh, the Groggy <laughs> Goblin and things like that. <laughs> now um one thing i'm curious about is like because as soon as we played it we were like oh my god i can like the islands right like each island has a, a and b side so you know you can like even in a five player game you can actually have a decent cut of variability right was like was there any like islands or anything that you know you thought of that was like didn't make the cut or were you ever like oh man we might be able to put out like another map pack or something for this at some point well not exactly although that's not a bad idea originally the idea was that that would be kind of the way that i would that i could scale it to different players so i would have like originally it was like if you had three players you would use side a and side c and you know it's like you could kind of fix it up to where it was like a little bit more tailored to that um, player count but uh, I think we sort of figured out maybe some other ways around that or whatever so I, I mean they all kind of work pretty well the, the way they are so you can just sort of mix and match and, and put them on there but, uh, but yeah that would be cool to come up with maybe a few more because they, they all ha- also have like those unlock abilities which also was kind of an add on during development and uh I was sort of worried a little bit that maybe that would be a little too complicated or something like a little too much to think about, but uh, but I think it's good because you don't usually ever get into those until you really go after um, a particular island and explore it a lot, and uh, so sometimes they don't happen, and by the time they do, you're you're well into the game and you understand how it works enough to where it doesn't really throw you or anything. So 
it's, it's been a good addition. Yeah, that's cool. It gives you like a good learning curve, right. so you, you don't just you don't just try to go for that, even though you're going. Why am I going for this? Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't have to even really think about it too much until later on in the okay. game. All right, so Kurt, here's where I'm going to see if I can jump shit from podcaster to assistant designer idea person or something. <laughs> so what about an island that as you find keys, it actually removes spaces from the island, and it can just be that the island is sinking that's awesome. as time goes on. Oh, that's cool. Right? That's cool. So that sounds like a really good promo, <laughs> the sinking island. I will. I would love it if you just call it Dan Island. That's all I ask for. And, and if I can get one copy, that would, that is a that's a terrible You're a terrible name. name. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if you no, called it Simon's okay, Island, yeah. then that'd be good. <laughs> or Simmons, sorry. So, yeah, it's like... um. Yeah, no, that's a cool idea. That's a cool idea. Yeah, and even like the variable powers, that was like another thing too, because a few people were like, oh man, I can see a few more of these popping up as time goes on too. Cause, and I mean, that's like that's one of the things I got to admit, because like, I'm a huge fan of like that variable game style. You know, like Santorini, I love using the different gods with each other. You know, I, I love the randomness of pulling out like those tiles in the Duke. And with the mix of islands, the mix of character cards, and even the boats, like, there's nothing quite like that round where nothing but the small boats come out. Yeah, right. And you just kind of all look at each other and you're like, this isn't going to be nice at all. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like, because um, again, in our five-player game, at one point we're like, all right, there's uh, about 14 open spots and we're putting out 25 cubes. So I'm sure this is going to be fine for everybody, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's when the name calling really kicks in and that's when it gets really fun so. <laughs> yeah yeah now the other thing i was curious about now uh because me and kurt like we're always talking about uh with our show we always like to mention the games that you should be playing right and this perfectly falls into that because like now do you think if tmg put it in a box roughly three times the size and instead of cubes, you had miniatures and metal victory point tokens. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that, that sounds and, awesome. And we just you know triple the price, <laughs> and it's a fifteen pound box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone would have heard of this, you know. Everyone would be like, "Oh yeah, man, yeah, I backed it on Kickstarter like this week. I couldn't wait, you know." <laughs> and uh, well, that's certainly uh, that's certainly Lance uh, Meister's uh, opinion is use bigger boxes when you can. So. <laughs> But sometimes, uh, sometimes that argument doesn't win the day. And in this case, you know, they sort of had a thing with the other games in the series. Kind of, um, they wanted kind of the same footprint, the same feel, same look on the shelf. So I, under- I understand that. But uh, at the same time, it's a fair. Yeah, point. but I mean, this box. I'm telling you, there's so much inside of this that another inch would have been nice. Because every time I put it away, it's like bursting at the seams. There's tons of tokens, the boards, and I love the screens. You know, very nice touch on the screens. Well, and the thing the thing about this game too is like I I don't I don't really feel it needs like that quote unquote TMG deluxified thing that you know yeah, a lot sure, of those sure. games get and stuff like that. Like I think I think everything that you get in the box like for what it is, like it is it's beautiful art. It has a good aesthetic to it, you know. And when you put out on the table and you're doing the certain things like it 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 pops, you know? And it's fun it it's weird because when you think of like the comp- the components that are in it, the components are very you know very like there's not a ton you know compared to what you think you could probably put into a game like that. But like it doesn't need to be you know it yeah, really but doesn't. Everyone wants recessed boards, yeah. correct? That's, that's if there's recessed boards, <laughs> it's, it's on BGG top one. Hey, you know what? I'm a simple person. I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm I'm a simplified man. I don't need that kind of stuff. I just now, need to. There, there is one thing I'm curious. Like as a designer. 
uh, can you tell me how do I win? Because I am 0-7 in this game. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, I tell you what. I, I was going to say, I keep coming back to It's kind it, of but. funny that you'd say that because I, uh, I actually have a little bit of a hard time winning sometimes too. So <laughs> I'm, not sure what, I'm not sure exactly how to win it, uh, which is hilarious, you know, to hear the desire to like you don't even know how to win your own game or whatever. Like, like with Rift for Evolution, though, I am pretty good at it. And if I, you know, if I play new people, I, I can usually... Uh, but I mean, that out. comes with a decade of experience at that game, you know. Embark is rel- relatively right, fresh. Sure. Like yeah. this is where we're having the problems. Do you ever think of just going on BGG and quick updating the rules when you start falling behind? <laughs> <laughs> just make up new ones on the spot. I'm accused of that all the time, which you know that's uh, kind of comes with the territory. But uh, I could uh, yeah, probably uh, help with that since I got 99 points. I know it's, we we I played just, one game just I, before, lost I by. Won. Eight points, like close, very close. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, to, to quote you know a famous line, doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, a win is a win. So you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, and uh, oh, and one other thing too, Kurt. Uh, actually, I, we uh, didn't mention this before. So, with the different ways of like exploring the island and the different like you know the miners and the explorers and the settler and you know the colonists and all that, what's a really fun aspect of this game is, like miners will help you with a set collection, the ore. You know, it keeps, like, the more ore you get, the more points. And it's another one of yeah. those games that there's nothing so grand as seeing somebody one ore short from the difference between 25 and 45 <laughs> points. And you yeah. have that one mm-hmm. ore that bridges you from 25 to 45. That, and it's like the colonists, like, they're going to be, like, a solid, reliable source of points. And then they could be worth even more later, which is always a fun aspect because it gives a little, like, that tug of war, you know, you're both vying to get the most people on the island, but at the same time, you want the best bonus. And then the explorers are just like little point generators every turn, which is another like really fun thing because, you know, somebody can be like, oh, I'm getting 12 points this turn. I'm getting 12 points this turn. And you're like, that's it. I'm, I'm blown out. I'm out of this. But then you have all the colonists. Yeah, I sort I sort of like those. I like those explorers. You know, it's like I, I like uh, I think those are a little bit undervalued sometimes. And if you, you know, if you get in there with those explorers really early, I think you can really make them worth it. I don't know. I just I just like getting points every time, I guess. Yeah, same here. You, you get a lot of points with those explorers, too, especially when you reach the end. I know, especially when you're getting twice as many points as I am, right? Me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what's great is also it's like a lot of the times, too, it's uh, when you want to get points in between the rounds with the explorers because you're constantly getting points with them. The barbarians are great for for snatching those ones, too. Because any time it's like, oh, you get six points. Well, next turn you're gonna get five because I'm gonna take one of you guys. So yeah. keep putting you down. Yeah. No, that was that was one other thing that every time I'm teaching this to people, like noting how the raiders replace somebody on the island, and it's funny because like people are like, wait, why would raiders become a miner or become an explorer? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Do you love your job? Like, don't you ever just wish you could just like just change on the whim- like you know on a whimsy to show up at somebody else's job? It's like. You know, it's like, oh, you know, like, you know, how, you know, like, uh, you, you, welcome to this investment firm. How can I help you? It's like, first thing you can do is get out of the chair. This is my job now. Yeah. <laughs> I get the cushy career path. Like, I kind of like that, actually. Well, it sounds like something just what a barbarian would do, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, they're nice barbarians. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's like, the guy's like, look, I'm just like a salt of the earth barbarian. I just want to get my pickaxe, dig out some gold, and just, you know, come home to my family at the end of the day. You know? <laughs> 
It's like, you know, not every game has to have the Nordic Vikings where they die and you get Valhalla points. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> if they get some uh, honest work, they can give up their life of uh, being a barbarian. <laughs> Settle yeah. down a little there you bit. Go. <laughs> they just needed That's an a, opportunity. That could, be a little side co- that could be a little side quest. It's like if you could get the barbarians to change their ways, yeah. you can get extra points. That'll be another island. Like, all raiders go to a little side part where they just, you know... They just yeah. talk about their feelings. Like, I don't want to be doing this anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> feelings Island. <laughs> so, now, um, you know, to, to, you know, bring a little of, like, uh, you know, the discussion of this to a close. Like, one of my favorite things is the price point in this game is also amazing. How much is it? Uh, MSRP is, like, 35 mm-hmm. right? Um, you can find it, like, you know, sometimes a little higher, a little lower, based on availability online. But... This is one of those games that a lot of the times at game night, it's like, all right, you know, like, I'm going to head out and everything. It's like, oh, okay, you know, I was just hoping to play a game of Embark. And at least, like, one or two people will be like, all right, I'll stick around for another 30 minutes. Because they like <laughs> right. that little mean edge, you know. Size is perfect. The price point is amazing. I like, like the... Um... Shield? The screen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was doing the Marcarena there for a minute. I was like, okay. No, I could see, but I was The dance card <laughs> is When, really when do we turn around? <laughs> When do we when do we um, hokey pokey? Sorry, because yeah. uh, um, there there are some games where it's like they give you the screen where you know you fold it out and you place it up, but sometimes those always fall then, over. Yeah, and then it caves and in, then, and everyone sees your move, and you're like, oh yeah. my god! Like the fact that this is actually like a hard cardboard that you just put together easily, and for some reason, every time I play this game, I'm always the last one to take it apart. It's just I push it to the side. And then I forget about it, and then everyone's like, oh, he puts it in the box, and I'm like, oh, wait, yeah. I still have my screen now. Because <laughs> she wants to hide her moves and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, one other thing, so um, so just like a little bit about you real quick. So how long have you been a designer for? Well, like I said uh, earlier, Revolution came out in 2009, so I started designing that in about 2007. So, you know, about, you know, 10 years or give or take. I was I was actually pretty impressed with some of your pedigree. I, kn- I didn't even realize it. Uh, one of the games that I've been chasing for like the last like six months to uh, to pick up for a friend of mine, Black Orchestra. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's heard really well. Many good things about that. <laughs> Me, friend, you mean you, right? Like, no, no, I, <laughs> I, uh, our buddy. I'm gonna well, give my yeah, buddy Dan this game. Well, it's gonna be the yeah. best. <laughs> yeah, but see, Kurt, if I give it to George Z, then he has to like read the rules, nah. and I'll be like, and I get to play it. That's right. <laughs> it's a win-win situation here. Absolutely. And I don't get to have another game in the house where I'm like, oh my god, we're running out of room. <laughs> so, but I, I like that, you know, you're covering Gambit, you got like some co-op, you got a little adversarial, you got some like secret style games, you got like some very public open. You know, you have a really nice Gambit of games. <laughs> no, thanks. So I'm going to ask for your opinion on, so again, like mentioning those criminally underrated titles. Which one of your titles would you say is perhaps the... The un, like the forgotten sun, like what the to you, it's the sun in the sky. But you know, maybe you don't hear about it on like you know podcasts or enough posts. Underappreciated. And, underappreciated, definitely. And also one of your non games, like one that you didn't uh, have a hand in that you feel the same about. Oh, okay, all right. Well, um, well, my game, I, um, I guess maybe I would say like Spirits of the Rice Paddy. I mean, that did have kind of. Uh, a little bit of a splash there, you know, back a while, but they uh, weren't able to reprint it very quickly and still haven't reprinted it and we're kind of collecting some, you know, pre-orders for it and stuff like that. And uh, I, I'm still really proud of that one. I thought it, we did a lot of hard work on that and, uh, you know, it's it's like one of my crunchier kind of games and um, 
I'd I'd like to see that get maybe a little bit more notoriety, but you know how how it is. Now, as far as somebody else's game that's let's see under the radar, I'm kind of looking over here at my shelf. You know, I don't know. There's so many games these days. I'm not sure. Uh, not sure what I would say. I, I don't. Is there one that you tend to always go back to, where it's like even though you played it like two days ago, you're like, oh, you know, I don't want to play this one again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I sort of go into in phases of uh, stuff like that. Um, I think maybe uh, this is this is kind of a stupid. Uh, answer I guess but like Race for the Galaxy I mean I know people love that game you know and it's had its day or whatever but that game is fantastic you know it's like I could play that right now and it's just like as fun as it was you know the first time it's just you know and you know it's like I said it's not like nobody's ever heard of it or anything so but I don't know but it's like when you play it it's like always different every time right Right, like you never really find you go for the same stuff it's like I always win in that game yeah, that's that's another one. That's, that's, I, my ratio, I don't like it at all. Game. Well, I win a lot at it too, and so people won't play with me anymore. So, oh, <laughs> Kurt, showdown. Kurt, uh, did right. you play it, Kurt? Uh, I haven't played it since the podcast started because that's one of the games <gasps> I kind of got the podcast started. Was Race for the Galaxy, so I haven't played that for like six years. Yeah, a right. long time. Yeah. Oh yeah. my yeah. lord. Yeah. I think there's probably there's probably a lot of people that have just come into board games and they maybe they don't know about that game, you know? It's yeah, like, exactly. They ought and to. They ought to know about it. That's exactly why we... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, it's, exactly it's highly... It's highly... It's stuff. highly rated, so it's like, they, you know, people are going to find out about it still, but I'm sure the sales are yeah. still probably good, but... You, you know what's like the... So, cause like, with that game, Race for the Galaxy, I know a lot of the times, like, people think, like, the iconography gets a little, that's a little much curve, yeah. but that's the thing why i like like with embark your iconography it's so self-explanatory and the fact that you have it on the player board it's like a lot of the time like you see it on most games but not all games have that where it's actually it's directly in front of you and the fact that, that you have to put that board in front of you you're always going to be seeing that, as yeah. opposed to a card just on the side it is for super like a player clean. aid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I gotta I gotta give some uh, a shout out a design or a graphic design shout out to Matt Paquette. He's the one that did all the uh, graphic design for this one. He's like one of my favorite graphic designers. If you're uh, know people in the industry like that, like he knows his stuff and uh, and really fun to work with. And so, yeah, def- definitely that credit goes to him. I I do have a quick question for you uh, in regards to Race for the Galaxy. What do you think of the whole part where, like, now they're doing these giant box games and expansions in the Race for the Galaxy universe? Like, um, like New Frontier is, like, you know, giant box game, like, $70 or $80 MSRP. The new uh, Roll for the Galaxy expansion is going to be, like, $70. Yeah, I know. That's, that's a lot. I mean, that's kind of the way it is with all the way around. I have Roll for the Galaxy, too, and, and I really love Roll for the Galaxy, and, and yet I still also like Race for the Galaxy, and uh, you know, as as long as they keep being this fun, it's like I, you know, if I, yeah, I don't have them all yet or whatever, but you know, maybe I wouldn't be exactly opposed to it just because of the price. But you know, it is a factor. I don't yeah. know, and it's the fact that like they're releasing so many now. I'm like, there's got to be an anniversary or something that's in the pipeline. I feel like this many titles all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's really weird. Of course, there's just a lot of games. Period. So that's why that's why uh, at MFG Cast we are on the constant quest to find the ones that, <laughs> you know, like my favorite thing in the world is when people are like I haven't heard of that one, and it's like allow us to enlighten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, 
more and more important to do these days, the curating. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's like, cause like, you know, Kurt and I talked about this a few times, but, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of like all the different, uh, board game podcasts and like, you know, like the media about it. And there's one that I, I absolutely adore called Sporadically Bored. It's with Mike Delisio and Dan Hughes. And they were talking about how it's like the cult of it is, hasn't even happened yet. And, you know, everyone's like quick running up like, oh, you know, like I back this and I back this and I back this. And then they get 45 boxes of a game in because they backed like the king, you know, king of all tier. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, are you even going to see any of that before your next Kickstarter comes in now? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, people's you know, walls of shame of, you know, un- unopened boxes and stuff. That's kind of, uh, I think that's kind of a uh, an important indicator in where, you know, where things are right now. Yeah, and, and it's also when that uh, shelf of shame starts threatening, like, you know, the structural foundation of your house, you know? Oh, <laughs> Kurt, you have to see our shelf of shame. It's really bad. <laughs> Stuff's yeah, still unwrapping. Yeah, yeah. Slowly, slowly becoming the guest room of shame. But... <laughs> but <laughs> But I, I am a fan of, like, the games that you can get here and now. I figure, you know, uh, $100 or $200 for a game you're going to get in two years is a little nuts. Yeah. Especially when you can get awesome titles like this one right now. Yeah, um, that's true. I'm, that's true. I would, I would definitely say, you know, uh, what I like is six-round game. You know your time is going to be set. Uh, five players, you know, a lot of times it's the one-to-four, one-to-four. You get a fifth player at this game, you know, right out of the gate. You don't have to worry about 15 expansions. <laughs> Even though hopefully there'll be a, an island one soon, <laughs> and like I said, great price available now. You know, I, like we always say, like TMG games are, you know, most of them pretty good. Every so often, you know, you come across one or two that's like, eh, all right, but this definitely falls on the solid side of the fence. Uh, Kurt, going to super recommend. I guarantee you, after you play this with us, Tracy's gonna love it. You're gonna be mad. You're gonna be very mad. <laughs> but Tracy will adore this game. Yeah, uh, it like I said for me, it, it hits a lot of spots. And what I like is there's not like you were saying before, even that the mechanism of the placement of your your sailors and your crewmen. There's not too many games that have features like this, so it's really nice that this one has it in spades. And it's not just pirates too. You see goblins and wizards and genies. Like yeah. it's not like a pirate game, mm-hmm. which I like. Right? It's yeah, like... yeah. It's just all kinds of fantasy creatures. <laughs> it's, it's pirate when you're stealing everything from me. all right so philip thank you so much for uh spending some time with us and uh letting us get the word out about this no thanks i really appreciate it no so do we man like i said it's it's, this was ever since i heard brawling brothers mention i was like i'm in and uh i'm really glad that i i I heard it from them because i was super pleased with this purchase (laughs) so uh you have anything in the the pipelines coming up that you want to mention well, um, it's not exactly. I mean, I do have several things kind of uh, in different stages, and um, well, I'm, I'm the thing I'm working on right now is kind of like a sort of like a almost a choose your own adventure kind of a game, and uh, but it's it's got a little bit more game to it than just like you know flipping pages or whatever. Um, but I'm working with uh, Lance Meister. Uh, on that, that he works for TMG, and we're trying to, you know, sell them on this concept. So I don't know. We'll we'll see if that happens or not. But uh, you know, that's one of the things I'm working. Oh, I'm also I'm doing some uh, development work uh, for AEG on their uh, the Captain is Dead series. Oh no! Nice. So number three comes out pretty soon. That's uh, I think it's called the uh, Dangerous Planet, 
And that, that one's really neat. J.T. Smith designed that one, but uh, I did a lot of the kind of the grunt work around, um, you know, fixing it up here and there, getting it like in shape. And that's more like a tower defense kind of version of the Captain is Dead, which is really cool. And that sounds nice. if it's successful, I get to uh, design number four, which I've pretty much finished with, and uh, we'll see if that um, makes it out or not. But uh, anyway, awesome. We'll see. That's really awesome. Uh, any closing questions, Kurt? Okay, I have one closing question before we go. So why haven't you just dropped the Philip and just called yourself Dewberry? Because that just sounds like a great like, <laughs> you know, something for like like almost like a Marmaduke or <laughs> like a Madonna. I mean, you should have just just stud, just stayed with Dewberry. That is kind of how it worked in high school. Uh, so maybe yeah, maybe I should have <laughs> kept it that way. I don't know. There you go. Well, you know, get a couple more titles under your belt when that captain when that. Uh, uh, what is, what the is, captain is dead. Yeah, like when the captain is dead, it's huge. <laughs> then you can finally yeah, take off the yeah. Philip and just call yourself Dewberry. <laughs> what, what if he What if he goes for a rock approach and just calls himself the Dewberry? Oh, oh there, yeah, there, there you go. There you go. I do yep. like the uh, the definite pronoun or article. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the Sinking Island expansion from Embar- from Embark. Uh, it's from a great the, idea. The Dewberry <laughs> hitting stores this Christmas season should be great. <laughs> But until then, uh, Philip, thank you again so much. Okay, thank you. Have a great night. And this has been the MFG Cast. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.